Hello, welcome back to Division One Rejects. Per usual, uh, Kobe Manzo here with Zach Keen. What's up, Zach? How's it going, Kobe? You know I'm good. You know I'm good. We got two great guests today. First, we'll have Dustin Bureau, the head coach at Albion College here in Michigan. Awesome dude. That was an awesome great conversation. Guy. So, great uh, really excited about that one. And then we'll be joined by Devin Sinerius, a wide receiver from Avila University in Missouri, an NAIA guy who's from uh, yes, Clarkson, sir. Michigan. Yes, so, sir. Pretty sweet there, and then we get to talk a little bit about obviously being in Missouri that uh, that Chiefs that Chiefs lost that meant a yeah. lot to those guys. So um, we'll touch on that as well as we get into the NFL with the Super Bowl recap, and then also a breakdown of the top ten picks of Mel Kiper's first round mock draft. That dude just lives for the draft. Pretty much, he lives for it, dude. He's, I think that's he like analyzes the only thing that, that, yeah, and that's about it. And, then and he's he there on draft day, shuts and he, down after that. You think he gives himself like what a week before he starts analyzing the next one? Probably. I think he probably gets the What's the cool-down period? I don't know, but it's very short. <laughs> it's very short, dude. He already starts putting out mock drafts like a couple months later. Pretty much. It's unreal, man. But um, after we do that, transition over. After we talk to Devin, we'll go into college football, talk about a new federal bill that could have college athletes striking up some big-time brand deals and endorsements. So definitely going to be interesting to talk about Zach and I will not be having a lot of Jersey sales, but Hey, Trevor Lawrence, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe we do <laughs> the keen jerseys. They're sold out, dude. They're no. going to be off the shelves. Not even close, <laughs> but uh, there is a chance. There is a chance. There's always a chance, but thank you for listening to this episode. Tell your friends, check us out. Follow us on Twitter at D one underscore rejects and on Instagram at division one rejects to see when our new episodes drop, which is every Wednesday and catch highlights from our conversations with the guests. But our first guest here from Albion college, let's get right to that conversation with Dustin Buer. Our first guest on today's episode is the head coach at Albion college here in Michigan, competing at the division three level in the MIAA. It's coach Dustin Buer. What's going on coach? How are you? How you doing my man? Fantastic. Really happy to be on. Happy about your success with this. It's blowing up, man. Man, I appreciate happen. that. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. We got a we got a great niche, I think, especially in a football rich state that is Michigan with all the different levels. I feel like we've got a really good I niche. Think so. And man, if I can get guys like you on the podcast every week, I'm doing something right. Hey, yo, I don't know, man. It's fortunately you don't have my face on there. I might have a better voice. <laughs> so let's, let's see how it goes. No, you'll be fine. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But talk about, um, you know, being at the Division three level in a state like Michigan where we've got all this representation from FBS to the Division two level, NAIA. I mean, really, only thing we have don't have really is the FCS level, the representation there. So, yeah, FCS um, is the yeah. only thing we so don't have. Talk about the being in a state like that with all this talent and still being able to get all this top-level talent to Albion. Well, it's unique, man, because um, we meet guys like you guys that, that you know, I remember in your recruiting process where things were, you know, we have a chance at you, and then Northern comes and, and, and stabs you and, and throws, throws their, their little bit of cash at you yep. and, and made it a good deal for you and it gave you opportunity to chase what your dreams and passions were. So it's kind of one of those things being a Division three in a state that has Schools from all sorts of levels, like you said, minus the FCS. Uh, and now you got FCS non-scholarship, you know, coaches coming in trying to, That's a good point. to coach talent as well. Um, so it's made it a unique experience. We've had to kind of open up our playbook a little bit and, and kind of have outreach into other areas, other states, uh, to sprinkle in talent from where, where, where we might be losing talent at, at other levels. And 
other schools in the state. There's a lot of competition up here. There's a lot of good coaches, a lot of good men coaching up here. Uh, it's really hard for me to be like, you know, I really hate anybody that I that I coach or recruit against. It's yeah. not bad. We just try to focus on what's great about Albion, what what's different about us, or what uh, what we're all about as people. And at the end of the day, it's a people business, right? You know. Of course. I still remember sitting down at Lake Orion High School talking with you, and you telling me this was your plan, and you're following through on your plan. I remember uh, talking to you, both of your teammates, man. Hunter, my man's up at uh, Michigan Tech. Yes, man, sir. that was a tough. Tough till the swallow. I thought we had a good shot. I, you really did, man. He doesn't know if he wants to go. He doesn't know if he wants to go that far away from home. And then you know what always changes things? A solid financial aid award. You know what I yep. mean? That can make you think like you're not. You're only going thirty minutes away from home. So <laughs> it is unique in that regard. Um, you know, yeah. Obviously, with the F, F, FBS side of things, we might deal more with looking at guys that are, are you know, taking more. Hey, I want to try to chase my dream of walking on. And at the D2 level, you, you face both of those, you know, equations when you're recruiting a kid. And, and my, my goal and my staff's goal at Albion, our goal is to go after guys that, you know, typically maybe wouldn't look at Albion. What's the worst you can say? No, my wife said no to me a million times before she finally went out of date in high school. So I'm not afraid That's to be awesome. told no. We get told no more than you know, we do yes in the recruiting process. I was told no plenty. I was an immature idiot in college. And, you know, she finally gave me a chance, and now we have two kids who've been stuck with me for <laughs> almost awesome. 10 years. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, so I think, you know, that's the big thing is we want to <laughs> go after guys that, you know, hey, I think I might be better than you, Rahul. And my whole thing is you got two options, man. You can go chase a dream, and you can still chase your dream at our place, but also maybe play a bigger role a little sooner in your career if you're yeah, that good. And at the end of the day, I keep telling guys, we got good players too, man. It's, it's it's hard regardless of where you go that you're going to start right away. There's so, dudes everywhere. Um, That's what I got to tell everyone, man. Yeah, it's like everybody in college is the dude at their high school. Right. I mean, like we we have a receiver who had 17 touchdown catches as a, a sophomore last year, who, in my opinion, I think could be. I thought he was a match kid out of high school, and then man. he had to do two offers. And fortunately, his brother was on our team, which. They actually got into a fight before during the recruiting process with each other working out, and that hurt us. And then he changed his mind late in the process. Oh and my you know, thank God we have him. He's <laughs> it's a hell like of a, a player, man. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a roller coaster of emotions yeah. for me during that time. So, Holy cow. Um, and that's how it is. And then this year is just it's different, man. It, you know, you got, I feel bad for the guys going through the process. You have uh, kids, you know, didn't get to get the same recruiting experience that you got and your and your buddies got that are up at Northern with you and your yep. friends in high school. You know, every school has different regulations with the COVID side of things. Um, they haven't really even been in person learning in their own high school. So yeah, that's unreal. The guidance, you know, that they typically get or how much time we always we, we look at ourselves as relationship coaches that we like to put the personal touch on recruiting and that's Zoom isn't the same, man, as being able to come in, dap you up, and spend time with you in person. No way, man. No, not, not even thing. close. I know You're, Cade, my brother, who's going through that process, who actually will be right. joining up here at uh, Northern next year, which I'm super excited about. He went on those, like, the Zoom visits and all that garbage. and like, I can't even imagine. Dude, that would have been unreal. And I know I've worked with our football program here to put together some virtual stuff to send out to the guys um, and kind of build our digital presence up here in the UP. But you touched on that. 
was I really wanted to get to this is that FCS non-scholarship level and that kind of dynamic where that fits in your type of recruiting because you're probably com- competing mm-hmm. for a lot of the same guys. And I thought I was reading you were at uh, Moorhead State for a couple of years. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So you have experience so at that, that at that level. Yeah. So how how is that yeah. compared to obviously being at Albion? You're an alum, so being able to come back obviously is huge for you. Um, but how is that? Right. What kind of were the differences between those two? And do you compete really for a lot of the same guys? You know, I, we're bumping into Valpo a little bit more and Butler a little bit more, dating every once in a while. Okay. When I was at Moorhead, we didn't we didn't get up in Michigan a ton. Our we had a reciprocity deal there where Columbus, Cincinnati would get in state tuition. So it really depends. You know, um, those state schools. When I when I was at Moorhead, we were a state university. Okay. So we were kind of hamstrung with how much aid you could give out. You yeah. know what I mean? If yeah. you were limited at a state school. Where compared to like a Valpo or a Butler or a Dayton might have a little bit more financial aid involved for a higher tuition price. So we had to deal with more of the reciprocity areas, which is like Cincinnati, Columbus. Uh, we, had, we actually had Atlanta was one of our areas as well. Um, and then, you know, the whole state, Lexington, Louisville, and Kentucky. Uh, I kind of got my uh, feet wet down there recruiting in the western part of the state down uh, the Bourbon Trail, man. So, really? Um, I, I, yeah, it was. Uh, a unique experience, man. I went over to E-Town, go up to uh, some southern parts of Louisville a little bit, and uh, it was just a unique experience, a different deal. And then I recruited Michigan by phone a little bit and ended up with a couple guys to come down. But That's it good. wasn't as – the PFL wasn't as prevalent in the state of Michigan at that time as it is now. And yeah. I, and part of it is I, I do think we have a the, – the unfortunate thing is it's not like we have a ton of kids, you know, young guys in our state available for all the schools that come recruiting. Does that make no, sense? No, 100%, so, because you're already um, taken from the same pool as all of those leagues that we mentioned earlier. So uh, it's like, how can you right. have you know so many kids left over, and now it's like the narrative from a long time ago, at least in the FBS, was like the best guys in Michigan like go to play to Michigan. Now, maybe we've gotten a little bit away from that, but they still pull in all these insane recruiting classes. Then you go down to kids who didn't get that. They go to the MAC. Then you have the GLIAC, and it's just this mm-hmm. funnel process. And so how recruiting shakes up in that situation is so fascinating to me for guys like us that, yeah, it, you know, Zach and I, who maybe we're considering some NAI or division three options, but then we end up going to division two, how that affects the boards on other schools and all of that is so interesting to me. Yeah. It's a big trickle down. Like we, uh, when we were going through the process this year, we kind of narrowed down like who we thought would, would get pulled up. We were going to, we were going to take our shot. All right. We were going to, we were going to uh, swing at it, and if we, we miss, we miss. And then as it trickled down with early offers in the fall, because remember, there was no camps this past summer where team guys true. were typically offered That's very true. really yeah. early. So so then when, when Michigan high school football stopped starting, stopped starting, stopped starting, and D2 started offering late, some NAIs got on guys later than typical. And, and like I said, I don't mind recruiting against it. Like, hey, yeah. We, maybe we got a chance to just get a guy on campus and you never know what can happen in the future. You show them what you got and, you know, some guys date or some people date other people and end up with someone else later on in life. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, love we, uh, I love these analogies. They're great. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going, we're, we're going to go after the, the, the hottest person in the room and, you know, then <laughs> work our way down the elevator, brother. So, you know, you start on the top floor and Let's work go. your way to the basement yeah. by the end of the night. So uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of our, uh, you know, and the thing is, we're still going to get good players. Um, I think we're in a unique situation at Albion that 
uh, I don't have to recruit for math numbers. We're going to carry 122 guys. Like, how many okay. are on your roster up at Northern? See, I uh, want to say we're between 80 and 90. Like, I think cut off yeah. is 100. Cut off is 100. Yes, yeah, I, your I want to say. Yeah, you're 100 or plus five walk-ons or something, like 100, 105 maybe. Somewhere around um, there sounds pretty so, accurate. Yeah. I know that, that's yeah. that's interesting because I know um, we'll have a conversation with uh, Devin Sinerius, who's playing at Avila University. It's NAIA school in Missouri, and I talked to him about yeah. – um, Missouri or not Missouri, excuse me, NAI kind of, since a lot of those schools are smaller in size, they follow that division three model that you see from a lot of division three schools, just because they're smaller, they're trying to fill beds. So they're bringing in maybe 50 mm-hmm. kids, 60 kids, yeah. a signing class. I mean, that's, that's and insane. that is crazy well, to think about the weeding out. I mean, did that you happens. go through the list in the GLIAC this year? I know it. Okay. Isn't I mean, that, GLIAC it's, were like, it's everywhere. 40 guys, yeah. 40 guys. So those know, numbers were really guys, interesting. Guys. Yeah. Those numbers were really interesting yeah, because so, Northern, it's, uh, this class is obviously been very different, but Northern only brought in maybe what fourteen guys. Yeah, so we really were, didn't bring in that. Many we were people. very low on that list, and I know our head coach, Coach mm-hmm. Nystrom, is really, really emphasis has a huge emphasis on meeting guys face to face and really getting a vibe for them because he knows if they don't fit what you know he's got going on up here and what the staff's got going on up here, like they're not going to fit with us. So like he's it's, he's got a yeah. huge emphasis right. on that, and that's that's definitely how it should be. But yeah, some of those Gleax teams were in the forties and in the fifties, just like rolling in recruits, which. More power to them, but it's just that's a lot of uh, it's just a lot going on. That is a lot going on. It, there was, and then so when they were taking more, right, and then there's a trickle down effect. You got NAI taking some more than typically. We're only our goal is 30 guys this year, so okay. you know, we're still hammering away at it. You know, you start the unfortunate thing at our level, you got to start with a little bit bigger pool because you're going to get people plucked out of your pool a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and that right? makes a lot of sense. Um, and then and then and then it dwindles down and you, and you go fighting for those those guys and like I said we still want to go after great talent because we're going to offer great education in some cases guys at your level are going to get a partial scholarship or if they're getting offered a walk on we're going to be competitive financial aid wise we're definitely competitive financial aid wise with the PFL and I've seen uh, it, it, I've seen uh, financial aid awards from the NAIA. And we're going to yep. be competitive with those. We're going to yeah, be within. Course. We were within one to two thousand dollars of those, and then it's just a decision of what's important to you. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, I, I think it comes down go to after D three. Yeah, I think it comes down right. to it for a lot of kids. I it's think, like they just want to call themselves a scholarship athlete at some point. So that NAI yeah, seems very much. enticing to them. I think, um, and coming out of high school right. to be, you know, and like I said, I know, like my dad played at Hope for a couple of years, and he's always been. Um, the biggest advocate for Division Three football ever. So that I have that respect, of course. And I know a lot of you guys, mm-hmm. that makes it the hardest thing is a lot of these guys uh, with you at Albion, guys like Sturzma at Hope, guys like Coach Couch at Elma, and they're all just mm-hmm. genuine dudes. And it's like it's so right. it's just difficult because you you know that and you know that those are guys you definitely want to be around. It's just trying to trying to figure everything out. But, uh, Zach, go ahead. Yeah, so right. uh, I, Coach Beward. Yeah, go ahead. Basically, what I was going to ask you is uh, – you know, just what's kind of like your schedule right right now? You know, with your football program and how often you guys are able to work out or hold meetings. Um, for what I've seen and and read, it seems like you guys are planning on playing for this spring. Um, yeah. You know what's that? What's that kind of looking like so far? Well, Zach, the unique thing this year, um, the NCAA gave us a blanket waiver deal where we were able to use 114 days between the two semesters. We're typically we okay. get our fall session, X amount of practices, right, based on your first game. You can start back to your camp, work your way through, and you can you can be with your guys through, you know, essentially the NCAA playoffs, right? You got those gotcha. days And then in the spring, you get 16 days 
of spring uh, of unpadded practice in the spring plus two administrative meeting type deals. Well, there's talk right now at our level of potentially going to this blanket 114 days between the two semesters, which would be huge. Yeah. It'd be huge. Like we, we can meet with our guys. Like I said, I'm a big relationship coach. The, 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 the pandemic really hurt that where, dude, I'm a, I want to give my dudes hugs. I want to make sure they come into my office and see me and, and we're able to talk about life and in person. It's just not the same over FaceTime, man. It's, it's hard yeah. for me. Um, so it's been unique as far as that schedule. And then, you got the limitations of how many people can be working out in a facility at one time, right? So typically we have uh, our strength and conditioning coach has lifting times throughout the day for our guys to go usually three groups at this time of year. Yeah. Well, now that's limited what we're doing. Yeah. between the, yeah, between the two facilities based on how many kids can be there at a time. Yeah. So it's not like we can get our whole O line and Z line and they're working out together. Cause in one facility, it's, you know, max capacity is like 10 guys at a time, of course. 10 people at a time. And the other facility is 27. So it's, it's unique that we got to find ways to, to make it work. And then we start our practices. We're going to start practice on Sunday, and we just have to have the one mandatory day off a week uh, currently right now. So we, we start practice on Sunday, and then we'll go to the – you can hear my young assistant coach, JT, there in the background. Um, but uh, I'm just asking what I'm doing in here, talking to myself. Uh, so there we go. Uh, one, day, one day off a week, and we'll go – through we start our first game is going to be march 20th our last game april 17th with a wiggle room week at the end on april 24th there you so go that's how the spring's shaking out yeah we're, we're fired up we gave our guys the option hey if you want to opt out you think it's best for you you can opt out if, yeah be uh, transparent with them that's, that's the right way to go yeah. for sure you know and if, if we were only going to play with and, and it's just like your level all our guys are retaining their extra year of eligibility mm-hmm. right now so this mm-hmm. is a huge year for the freshmen as far as development, because they're going to be freshmen again next year. Now, the unique thing in D3, right, we're not providing financial assistance is how you can make that extra semester work with That's a great you know, point. That's uh, a great credit point. hours left and stuff. So, like, out of my group of 17, we probably have nine seniors coming back uh, next fall to use their extra wow. year, but they're still going to play this, this this spring as well. At the end of the day, you, you, you guys know this. Your clock. You, you only have X amount of time to play football, right? Yeah. And there's, yeah. it's not like you can go play rec league soccer and rec league basketball. <laughs> no you way. You can't do that with football. Uh, so You do see um, some guys just throwing guys it down, though, on uh, social media sometimes, and oh, that yeah. looks so oh, yeah. crazy. You seen that yeah. unpadded league ever? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's yeah, unreal. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So it's been a unique deal, man, of talking our guys through that. The pandemic, you guys have been through it. It's different. Your experience on campus is different. Football's different this year. I can't wait till it's yeah, all really over with, man. Did that answer your question, yeah. Zach? You got me on a tangent, brother. No, you got you. I think you totally you hit that on the head. Just talked about like what you guys are, are doing right now. Looking forward to that spring season. And as that kind of hinted at it, like we don't really know what that regular that regular campus feels like. That's what's been so unique for this freshman class that we have. But I think the advantage that plays into your court is that you're a guy that's been around Albion for a long time. I mentioned that you were an alum, so it's not like you're just coming into this head coaching position and now you have to navigate a pandemic and learning the guys and you know kind of getting a feel for the culture in the building. Like there's none of that. Like you know mm-hmm. what this program is about. In your first year as a head coach, you have nine of your guys earn all MIAA honors, four on the first team, four, 534 yards and 44 points per game. You guys are leading on the offensive side of the ball. Like There was no take a step back or anything like that. It's just keep moving forward. So how how big is that, not only in like recruiting, but just in your guys to have that trust? Like you said, your relationship guys. So how important is that to you and your guys? It's huge. It's everything. I think... 
you guys know this as players. If you don't have a relationship or you can't trust your coach, how much are you going to do for that guy? That's right? a great point. Yeah. And at the end of multiple times a year, when I try to sit down with our players, I care about a few things. Number one, do you feel like I care about you? All right. Number two, do you feel like I practice what I preach? And number three, do you feel like I have your back? And if you can answer yes, because I'm not going to make every guy happy with playing time. But if you can answer yes to those three questions, then I'm doing my job. You know what I mean? Yeah, of and course. It's not because we're going to make it easy, you know. Um, I'm a little different, man. I, I, I could raise a little hell when I was in college. I needed a, foot, a coach to put his foot in my butt, but I also <laughs> needed that coach to keep me on the, on the straight and narrow a little bit and, yeah. and work with me. And that's kind of how I'm as a coach. Is like, you're all going to make mistakes. And some guys are going to make a mistake where it's, hey, they got to be in a class that just devastates them. Where another guy's mistake is, is making a mistake off the field. I just don't make a detrimental mistake you can't come back from. We can work through everything else. Totally. So it's building that relationship to understand how good you can each individual can be as a person, be their best version of themselves. That's what we try to, to work for and strive for. That's 100% the right approach. I love that. And um, from just coaching a players to installing that dominant offense that you have on that side of the ball, like you hit it right on the head. It's about knowing your guys, right, and making those relationships with those guys because obviously – you're not going to, I guess, kind of change as a coach. But, like, obviously you coach different players different. Like, you know which guys would take which type of coaching the best, and you want to see them all succeed, right? So how is that going into the recruiting process for you and your staff? Obviously you have that big pool, like you said earlier, but you really start to narrow that down. How do you go about really going through and trying to, you know, devote a lot of your resources towards guys that are going to fit your culture, guys that you know are going to come in, they're going to fit with the guys, and they're going to make an immediate impact? Yeah, I think sometimes you got to take chances on guys, and you're going to swing and miss every once in a while. Yep. You know, I I'm big on trying to let guys have a year and a year and a half to figure it out within our program. I know I've only been the head coach here. You know, one day I'll coach coach another season if we ever get there. But um, I've only been you know coach been the head coach through one season. Yeah. And my big thing is like, yes, you try to narrow down what's this guy like. Now the difference with our levels, even the more you go down from FBS on down, is you, you don't have as much time because there's more people after the same guys, right? Of so course. it's a lot like speed dating. And so you are going to swing and miss on the culture side of things every once in a while. All right. You can, you, a kid can fake things in recruiting. We try to sift out who actually, who just likes being recruited and who wants to play football. That's yeah. the one thing to me. The social media generation right now, you see a lot of guys love to be recruited. You guys you guys probably roll your eyes at it too, right? No, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. It's all about who can get the most the likes who, on whatever platform and who who announces the top this and top that and what kind of announcement they're coming out mm -hmm. with next and uh it's everything. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to flaunt what you you should be proud yeah, of yourself. You should be it, happy and excited about what you but you also can tell who just likes the recruiting process and who actually wants to play football. Agreed. You know, at the end of the day. So Strict I think that's difference. one of the things you yeah. try to focus on. Yeah, especially at our level when I'm not giving you an athletic scholarship, right? Even though our money might equal someone who's given an athletic scholarship, yeah, we're still going to have the same demand, mm -hmm. all right? It's still going to, we still, it's not intramurals, right? Who said, who said that? Dan Hawkins that one year, <laughs> hey, intramurals, brother, all right? So we still want to, we still want to make sure that we're getting the most out of our, our guys on a day to day basis. And like I said, everybody, like you said, there's an individual approach for everybody, right? Yeah. So, Every guy's going to have a different maturation process. They're going to mature. They're going to mature at a different speed. 
They're going to be grow and develop into a player and uh, that can play eventually at a different pace than any other guy. Sure, we have the guys that, that we think – the one thing in recruiting I'll never do is, like, you're going to come in and play right away. I'm going to promise every guy they're going to get a chance to compete to show me what they got. Mm-hmm. Some guys physically have a chance better than other guys initially, but I can't look in a crystal ball. I don't have a crystal ball to tell me this guy's <laughs> going to play for us right away. He's still got to learn our playbook. Yeah. He's still got to work and fit into oh, the yeah. culture and the – work ethic side of things on and off the field. So 100%. Yeah, it's definitely an individual approach to every player. And like you said, until I became a parent and, and uh, um, I didn't quite, uh, as a younger coach, you don't get it as much as when you become a parent and you see how different your own kids are. Right. That's you a good point. About, yeah. We treat everybody fairly. We don't treat everybody equally. Like you and your brother, right. Kobe, you guys are two different people, right? Oh yeah. So your parents can't, treat you guys equally they're going to treat you fairly you've got different social emotional physical needs of course they have to treat you accordingly and we got 122 guys like that so how do you try to fit it how do you try to find how to, to reach each person individually especially in a locker room like that like you said 120 guys that could be all type of different socioeconomic backgrounds and different opinions on things and but that's the beauty of our game is that everybody in that with all these different backgrounds they can come together and that happens almost nowhere else so that's like when people start to question the validity of any of that type of stuff, that's the one thing I feel like you can always, you know, kind of fall back on. In a locker room that has been very interesting and very started started with talent, excuse me, has been the Buccaneers locker room. So there's a little – I want to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah, Zach's grimacing over here because uh, Aaron Rodgers fell to that lo- very locker that's room. But, yeah, it is. But – um. <laughs> That's all right, Zach, man. I've been a Lions fan for a long time, so uh, Uh, you've had a little bit more fun than I've been. I was at the Hail Mary Rogers game. Time for Jared Goff. Phantom face mask call. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that is brutal. But that Buccaneers offense scoring in the Super Bowl, and none of those guys were on the team Mm -hmm. last year. So, like, those additions Mm -hmm. to the locker room. I mean, what did you see from those guys in in that game? What were your thoughts? Well, I think it goes back to recruiting, right? It's some. There's something Brady and Gronk, right? Even though he's a goofball, yeah. they brought to the Buccaneers. Oh, 100%. Okay? So it's, so it's the same thing when you're recruiting college. You do want to recruit guys from winning programs because not every guy that you recruit is going to come from a winning program. Yep. It's impossible. So yep. some guys don't know how to do it when they get there. They just have that individual talent, right? There's no I in team, but there is in win, right? So it takes great individual <laughs> uh, you know, efforts within a team structure. All right. Yeah. But they also, you got to have guys that, that know how to win and have been there. And, and so um, I think what you saw Brady and Gronk do is they provided some guidance of this is how it's done, right? This is and how, provided some touchdowns. Like. Had a there. couple of nice connections there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I was so fired up when Gronk scored twice. I, you how, no about, how about um, the story of him? I don't know if you saw about him like basically faking the sprints during the offseason workouts. Did you see that? He would, he would take, change his shirt. Yeah, his, change the shirt, shirt and then record a different picture. video. <laughs> Yeah. That is awesome. That's classic. I love That's, it. Yeah, we laugh about it, but if a kid did that to me, I'd be oh, like, God dang it. But as long as he showed up pissed. and was drunk, you'd be, you'd be, <laughs> yeah, but if you got to get to the level of Gronk. Yeah, then it's a little bit you different. You got to be Gronk level, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, uh, you do have to be Gronk level. But I do think they brought that. They they had a ta- a rookie tackle fall to them miraculously to the 13th pick. You, you know, uh, yeah, one of the best PFF-graded tackles yeah. like ever, basically, in Tristan yeah. Wirfs, who has been – I mean, he was a candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year, which is usually unheard of. Obviously, you've got guys like Herbert and, and that, Jefferson ahead of him, but – Yeah. And then you got Jensen, who was a yep. D2 guy. Was Jensen. A tackle. Jensen is a dog. Ali that Martha, guy, will, he will go up against anybody. 
He is a bad Anybody. dude out there, man. Oh, and you had Ali Martha, who came from a D3 school. Starting man, I didn't dark, know that. Right? So two of the interior guys, yeah, were, were low division guys. That's sweet. Um, I didn't know that. D2 center, D3 guard. Um, so, I mean, like, they think they had some pieces of talent in place, and then they had a they had a defense that can run like the wind. They, they, were, they had course. the right guys on defense. Best rushing defense in the NFL, and then, apparently. And then, Zach, you say you're a quarterback, right? Correct. Yeah, so how would you feel going into the biggest game of the year if, you know, your two starting tackles were out and had to shuffle things That's around? That's a great point, you know, dude. Uh, I'm yeah. an offensive yeah. I'm an offensive line coach, and I don't care if Pat Mahomes is your quarterback. If Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, I know he doesn't like to be called Pat, I read. But um, <laughs> I don't care if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. You better have dudes that can block up front. So, oh, uh, we saw, I mean, we saw the damage of that. Man. Yeah, we saw the damage of that. Yeah, yeah so. that was uh, that was horrid. The stat if, of like five. He ran like almost 500 yards just around trying to get away from defenders. But, I mean, that game. Yeah, how many how was, many pressures did they have? 35? Too many. Something like that. Too it was uh, yeah. a little too much for Andy Reid. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, rough, rough deal, man. Rough it was deal, unreal. So. But, Coach, I think that's all I've got for you today, though. I appreciate you coming on. It's been great. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. Anytime. Like I said, man, I'm proud of you chasing your passion. I think that's a unique thing about smaller levels is you can still chase your passions, man. So of course. If you're listening out there, young guys, go to a place that's going to allow you to be you and find your why and chase your passions, man. I'm fired up for you, dude. And I keep looking. To, I check in on your uh, Twitter thing every week to, to see what you got. And I appreciate that, man. This, More than you know. This 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 low this low profile human being a chance to get on here and, and stop preach, so it come I'll on you guys having me on coach you're the best I'll be uh, I'll be following you guys and hopefully, yeah appreciate uh, it coach getting some big time wins for you soon all right guys thanks a lot man take it easy boys of course Thank have you, a coach. good one see ya we'll see ya bye great conversation with Coach Bure he's the man for he's sure. the man how about those for all sure. the analogies like the relationship analogies start in the top floor go to the basement like all those yeah, I mean, dude he was full of them I loved it. I loved it. The recruiting. Some, you're yeah, going to go coach, for the hottest coach person in the Buer room. in the recruiting process was definitely a good dude. He's a dog, definitely man. A good dude. Go for the hottest person in the room. If you for strike sure. out, you just move on to the next one. I mean, yeah, that's what you got to do. <laughs> I love it, dude. But let's talk about that Super Bowl a little bit more. Um, starting off right in the first quarter, Mahomes starts off super slow. Nine passing yards. Slow start really from both offenses, right? Pretty pretty much. Yeah. So and at the end of that first quarter, we got that first connection, the touchdown from Brady to Gronk. Gronk, yeah. So, um, but really... That's, that's kind of what I expected is kind of a slower start. But I didn't think, um, you know, going into that second quarter, the Buccaneers had a little bit more of an offensive explosion. They really found some rhythm. Yeah. I, I, wasn't, mean, I wasn't really expecting that. But, hey, they showed out. And that they, can't, they just kind of took advantage of Kansas City, really. It, it hurts because, I mean, I mean, Kansas City not necessarily handily beat them. Um, if you look at the first three yeah. quarters, no, they definitely handily beat them. The stats, Fourth quarter, they like, come back. Yeah. But, I mean. They, like, crawled back into that game. Pretty much. But I think Kansas City had the better offense and more explosive. Really can't understand how they just couldn't put it together at all. Yeah. It really seemed like, you know, nine points straight off of field goals. Mahomes throwing no touchdown passes, no rushing touchdowns. That was the most surprising thing for me. It was insane. That was it. You know the payout for that bet that somebody <laughs> put out in Vegas that Kansas City Chiefs were not going to put up a touchdown. Yeah. Might have been, had almost, to have been as insane. Good, almost as good as the fact, uh, the prop bet on the streaker in the game. 
You know, that dude finessed the system. He did. He did. He, he really, did. he, he really, he only had to pay, system. he only had to pay a, like a grand to get him and his buddy out of jail. On, yeah, out so of the bail. Here, his buddy actually went and distracted some security guards first so he could get on the field. I did not hear about that. Big I thought, IQ I, didn't, blaze. I didn't really know how he Big got on IQ blaze, dude. So he thought this out. He's like, I'm getting on there and I'm going to make my money. Yeah. He put $50,000 on it. Imagine the buildup. That nervous. may or may not be the smartest play of 2020. Dude, imagine if he just got stopped. Whatever. What if he got stopped? What if he got stopped? Oh, my goodness, dude. $50,000. I don't know. I would have jumped out of the stands if I was that close. Oh, 100%. Just getting there. Like, they a got that grand. place. Dude, that place How do you know up. that a grand is going to be your bail, though? He probably didn't, but he just figured it wouldn't be 370000 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but still, that dude yeah. finessed the system all the respect going out into to his that, own hands. All the mat, all the respect going out to that streaker. <laughs> oh, dude, that was too funny. Um, but let's talk about that seven. So that second quarter, it looked like Kansas City was kind of maybe didn't have momentum, but they were kind of slowing down the Bucks' momentum. They had that fourth and goal stop, but yeah. they can't they can't capitalize on it. They can't go back and turn that possession in, and they just keep relying on uh, on Bucker, right, the kicker. I, and so he had three yeah. field goals, and I mean that was it. But it was kind of that like, okay, yeah, Kansas City's gonna turn it on, but they're gonna turn it on here. You know, they're gonna turn it on. They'll get a drive going. And it just never happened. I don't know. It, it really it hurt to watch because, you know, you feel for me as a quarterback, you feel for Mahomes. And, you yeah. know, that just the fact that, you know. Because he was balling. I mean, he was he was you he was making he was probably one of the like that parallel yeah. to the ground throw. Off the helmet of uh, Tyreek, right? Might, yeah, it wasn't Tyreek. I oh, think, believe it? it was a running back. Maybe Williams or somebody like It was a running back, I believe. 30-something okay. Okay. was the number. But, but I know what you're talking um, about with the one off the helmet. Correct. Yes. Just right off the face mask. You got to feel for him at that point. He's 100%. doing all he can. And I don't know if you heard about this, but he's getting surgery that's going to take several months. Patrick Mahomes is getting surgery? S- surgery that's going to take um, several months what? to recover. His plantar... Um, Plantar fasciitis? Foot. Not plantar fasciitis, but no. the plate, the plantar plate or something really? like that. I did not gonna hear Going to get actually. operated on. Going to take several months to recover. Um, and he refuses to blame that for the Super Bowl. And yeah, I'm going to be I honest. I not even heard about I, it. So, yeah. I do, you know, he can't. Because the thing is, is that he, no matter what, health, 100% healthy or 100% hurt, nothing with him was the problem. No. That's the thing. Because he made a ton of great plays. And it just seemed like the team in general was just struggling. Let him down. Kelsey, Hill, yeah, offensive line from all Kelsey sides of the ball. Kelsey took a while to get incorporated. And the heat, it was just hard He kind of started watch. to get a little bit of rhythm in the middle of the field. In that second quarter, we saw him get back to that chip. And, and exactly. Just, and that's, you know, that's first downs. That's his that's his game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, that's his game. He's he sits in the middle of the field, he chucks the ball to him, and then he just you turns know, and he, ducks. He turns five yards in a fifteen. Yeah, exactly. And that's usually his game. That's what he did in the Super Bowl last Big body, year. Quick athletic. And that's just what he's done all regular season. And I was waiting for that. And I was like, look, they're gonna get in a rhythm. Yeah. They're gonna start chucking it downfield. Mahomes always does this. I I was just waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And it just kept getting postponed until, you know, clocks strike zero. Exactly. So I don't know what the exact problem was. You know, Andy Reid has some great play calls. I don't know necessarily where they're at. They didn't try <laughs> I don't enough know where of, they were. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they were. Because not, not he did not creative. try the creative play calls that he tried in the Super Bowl and the rest of the regular season. He seemed like he always knew, you know, for each defense what... You know, they were going to do, and he had the exact play for it. 
Yeah. And they always scored off of it, no matter what it was. And I I just did not see it. It was just all momentum. You know what I mean? They had no momentum. They got that interception None call back. Whatsoever. The Even, defensive yeah, holding the, call. It was everything. Dude, it was brutal. Everything. And really, you talk about that. Um, the coach that really deserves that credit is Todd Bowles, the DC for the Bucks. You know what I mean? Coming off a game where, like, even though we said, like, yeah, they clawed their way back Honestly. into that game. But if you were just watching that game, they got dominated. The defense. I don't they were even, running circles around yeah. the defense. And so to have that turnaround, so impressive, I get, think. That's a game plan. It's a yeah, scheme exactly. Thing. That's just all scheme. Which, you know, like Coach Bureau said, having the offensive tackles out, that's huge. And we saw the impact of that. But, like, if you're a defensive coordinator... Hell yeah, you're going to take advantage of that. Pretty much. Well, I mean, why, that's yeah. your job. It's a weakness. Yeah. For sure. You. It doesn't matter what you do. If you take a player that's extremely efficient in what they do, you take a player that's, you know, played left tackle. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. They're familiar with that spot. You flip into right tackle. Yes, they're going to be good, but not, the same. not nearly the same as, as efficient as what they were going to be at left tackle yeah. and, you know, so on and so forth. Because. They're so familiar with that position. They're so familiar with that side, the way that they have to take their steps. You think about how scientific they have to be in the NFL with how they take their steps, how precise they need to be in all of their movements and all the things that they do. You take that and totally flip it. Yeah. It's going to be extremely hard for those players, and the Bucks took advantage. It's a lot. You basically just like it's a lot harder than it seems on paper. Right? Oh, for sure, exactly. And I've never done it, <laughs> and I I've know it's that hard. It. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, um, you have to take credit. And I mean, Brady's the goat. Coming oh, from Aaron Rodgers fan, Brady's the goat. Yeah. So, and even the man that at the beginning of the season said Montana was the goat. Yeah. Brady is a go. There you go. Coming out of that half, and the Chiefs are still waiting just, for him to like turn it on. Right? I can't say anything else, and it irritates the crap out of me to say. <laughs> Brady is a go. Coming but, out of that second half, and you're and you're just waiting for the Chiefs to turn it on. Exactly. Right. But no matter what, I think at the end of the day, if you could give it, you you know, you have to give it to a certain position, the NFL MVP. But if you could, give it to the defense. You really have to. Why wouldn't you? Is the thing. Point. Because the defense played lights out and won them that game. You want another another uh, Von Miller? Von Miller? What? I mean... A Super Bowl MVP, I'm yeah, saying. I yeah, I mean, Von Miller definitely won that MVP. Yeah. But if you could give it to... And you really couldn't give it to one player is the thing. Because I feel like oh, it you was just, just meant the defense whole, as a whole. Yeah, I literally. See. I see. You, give yeah. it, you just give it to the whole I Bucks. You. you just say, Bucks defense. Congratulations. Congrats. You get this award. <laughs> You put all 11 players, and you get them up on stage, and you just put it in the middle of them. How and about, that's, that's about it. How about that rushing attack, though, from the Bucks, Fournette, and Rojo? They combined for, uh, I believe, let me see right here, I believe it's 150 yards. And so that, like, talk about that second half, that's draining the clock. Leonard Fournette had some punishing runs, some playoff Lenny-type sure. runs. For sure. Those were nuts. I had that's no idea that he was going to be able to turn it on like that. Dude, I'm nobody be did. Honest with you. He came out of nowhere, because Rojo it, had been the guy. I had no idea. Yeah. And... It was like, I mean, Fournette, you knew. Jacksonville, great running back. When he was in the playoffs, still played great, blah, blah. Got caught by Jacksonville. Got caught. Yeah. And he, you know, was subpar. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just average at best running back. Pretty much all throughout season. And it was like, you know, he'll stay on the first team. And he'll, he'll keep playing. He'll get his reps. But then all of a sudden, just clicked it into a completely different gear in the in the playoffs. It was and good it was to like, see, dude. It was fun crap. to watch that. It was fun to watch that. You know, it, I'm sure. And 
I don't really pay attention to that much as a running back. You as a running back probably are paying a little bit more attention to me. I'm sure that was a little like, holy crap! Like this guy's this guy's making a difference. Dude, turn it game. on, yeah. Like that's five automatic yards and that it, makes up the job of the offensive coordinator and quarterback oh, for so much sure. easier. And it, like literally, you just got to fall back on a running back that's yeah. gonna you know 100. He'll probably get four to five yards. And the running back that did not do so well as the other side of the ball, Hilaire only had 64 yards, which he's not a huge rushing threat typically, but he gets out of the backfield. He didn't have the same impact out of the backfield that he usually does. So that was one thing for me that definitely exactly that's stood what out. I think. I think he during the regular season, Hilaire was. One of the one of the threats that you just yeah. had to look up out for on the it was just on another, the, on, another on guy the in the paper there yeah another exactly. guy in the scouting report and I I thought he had a chance to do what he does during the regular season mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like I don't know the Bucks looked at their film from when they played them earlier in the regular season and then just attacked it yeah and then destroyed them pretty much <laughs> in all facets of the field. They did, dude. And, and it, that was, was so that was the bad. most surprising part because you just don't see that out of a Super Bowl team. No exactly. matter who it is. And I yeah, I don't know if you saw a stat, but basically Mahomes, that was the worst he's been beaten since I believe some high school. It was either high school I don't know. or like one of his early, early games in Texas days. Tech. Okay. Early I college days. But it was like Besides that, besides that game right and there. And he still threw for 270 yards, which still are totally inflated, for totally inflated number. But, dude, like still 272. It does not matter. Yeah. And because if you watch the Super Bowl at all and you watch what Holmes was doing, great player, earns every cent that he is getting. Mm-hmm. All half a billion. Half exactly. A billion he has the ability to keep getting them in the same position that they were last year. Whether the team... You know, rises to his ability or not mm-hmm. is the question. Is the thing that yeah, that's done a thing. good job of holding that core group of guys together too. So that's exactly be the contract. And that's what Reed's going to be doing. Yeah, and, and they're good at it though. Exactly, those guys will take hits to stay together. If you're a Chiefs fan, look. Bottom line, you're in good. You're shape. fine. You're in good shape. You're complete. Yeah, fine. You're completely <laughs> fine. Nothing to worry about. You lost your bowl. Big deal. You know what? I can say that about the Packers, but I can't because you know what? They make it. They lose in this NFC Championship every year. Every year. Every year. Every year. It's literally the NFC Championship. The description of that in Wikipedia should be the game that the Packers lose. That's ridiculous. The Packers go to the NFC Championship and they lose. Let's talk about Mel Kuyper, the mock draft. The draft's going to be a lot of different. A lot different, excuse me, for a lot of reasons surrounding COVID. No NFL combine. The pro days are limited to team-specific days. The Senior Bowl week is really the only week that uh, coaches, scouts, and front office execs were able to meet with potential draft prospects. So that's been the biggest thing is the lack of availability for a lot of these guys. Just to get in front of coaches and just show them kind of what they're all about. But I kind of just want to go through quickly. We don't have to spend too much time on anyone in particular. I want to talk about the Lions pick a little bit. Um, I'm just going to do top 10. We're not going to go through the whole first round. That would take too long. Yeah, that would take too long. We're just going to go top 10. So number one here, this is Mel Kuyper. Number one, Jacksonville. Who we think? T-Law. We we know who it is. T-Law. I didn't even put anything down underneath there because I feel like that's a lock. But, you know. Yeah. I mean. Maybe they do something crazy and they say Minshew's our dude all of a sudden. But I don't know. They won't. that T Law is going to the Jags. <laughs> He's going. You'd love to think so, unless he but, pulls you know, a. Unless he pulls a. Who was the a Packers? And no, uh, like just a, does something insane. Who was the one who was like, "I won't play for them"? Wasn't that like a, was that Eli Manning? Yeah, that was Eli. It was Eli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just like I'm not playing for them. He just that'd be he wouldn't do that though. He's too high character. No, Lawrence. Guy. Lawrence too high character. Yeah. Too um, just humble of a dude. Yeah, and I'm not saying Eli Manning is not. Yeah, but it just he wouldn't do that. Not in this day. And I age. just cannot see it. Yeah, and if he does. Get More power him. to him. More power Agreed. to him. Agreed. Agreed, dude. You know what I mean? want to play there, dude. 
Um, and number two. Tre- oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, like, have you heard of the possibilities of, like, Trevor Lawrence going to the Patriots? Because no. that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> that scares the ever-living crap out of me, to be honest. Oh, dude, that would. There's no way, though. They're not They're not getting that. Number two, Jets, Devontae Smith. This is where the I draft like that. You know, like starts that. to get, get interesting if New York decides to go for a QB and ditch Sam Darnold. Because right now, I just saw news earlier that Sam Darnold is actually been kind of talked about in some trade conversations believe it or not wow right wow wow is right dude so i know i thought they, i thought they would embrace darnold and he's gonna be their guy but this is where the draft could get interesting as, as early as pick number two i'm gonna be honest i i haven't watched a ton of film on darnold this is not a dude that i've been completely interested totally manifested yeah. in i pretty, have not watched a dude. ton but, but the clips that i have seen yeah the dude can ball he can he can so definitely ball. He's there's still a few super different young. plays where i was like holy crap like this dude could play quarterback he can yeah. throw the ball he's got some whip on his arm hey he can make the plays if they get a quarterback that means Devontae smith drops one more that's one pick closer to the lions that's, that's all one, i'm saying that's one more pick so lions got what pick this year they have seven seven yeah, okay seven i'm gonna be honest i don't he think coming. he's gonna go no, he ain't going to seven but but yeah i don't know but yeah we can say about all we want, but <laughs> Devontae Smith, I could see that. Devontae yeah. Smith going to the Jets. Great Hopefully, talent. I'm going to be honest for Darlin's sake. Darnold. Darnold. Excuse me. Yep, Darlin. Um, <laughs> I, ho- I hope he stays on the on the Jets. Yeah. Just for his career's sake. For new, in general. new head coach as well, right? Gaze is gone. Exactly. So that'll Just be get a fresh restart. Yeah. Dude is a baller. Deserves to be a starting quarterback. Agreed. And I hope he gets... You know, Devontae Smith, it would be a great addition to yeah. him. Uh, who's it? No, Robbie Anderson is on the Panthers now. Yeah, he what is. am I thinking? And he's been balling out for them. He has. He's solid for them. Um, so who, who so right now? We're going to talk about the Panthers a little bit later too, but another wide receiver that I want to talk about, number three, he's got Jamar Chase going to the Dolphins, and I think a lot of people have forgotten how good this guy is, right? Because he opted out and you didn't get to see him every Saturday. Dude was a stud on that championship team, man. And he's had the whole who year. Who wasn't? Who wasn't? That's true. That's who true. Who wasn't? And he's had this whole year, though, to just refresh and get his mind right and all these things, and he didn't take a day. I, I guarantee you he didn't take a day off. Like, he's coming in ready. I'm sure he's ready. Yeah. But. Oh, here we go. The thing is, is that when you I'm think say, about you've it, you had an interesting opinion on the opt out guys. So. Yeah, and I'm sure they've worked every day. Yeah, you know they probably. It's put not in, the same though. It's even the if they put in eight hours a day, <laughs> eight hours a day, it's it is, it's not the same. Not Agreed. the same Agreed. as you put two hours of game performance yeah. on the line. Yeah, it is just not the same. Not the same experience. Agreed. You know, you can work out. You can catch as many balls as you want. You can get your hands as ready as you want. The jugs is the jugs. The jugs machine. The Browns, the Browns. You know, it's just you you get as far as you can with that. Yeah. But the game time experience is where you're gonna get where you're gonna gain that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a bold pick, to be honest. At number three, I mean, there's definitely a need. There's a hundred percent a need because think about now, like they're in an interesting situation with our quarterback right now with, you know, is Tua going to be their guy? Or are they going to try and trade for Deshaun Watson? What, whatever happens, That's insane. they're going to have a talented quarterback either That's way. Crazy. And they need weapons because their defense has been playing really well. They played up to par this year. And so they need weapons on that offensive side. I think that's a perfect pick for them. <laughs> I just feel like the best, you know, receiver of the decade for the Dolphins has been Jarvis Landry and he's out of there. Yeah, so he's it's not like, there. You can't really name anyone else from that core. You got, I'm I've, trying to think. Yeah, you're right. You definitely got to draft a receiver, but uh, wow. Yeah, I can't even think about it. But let's go to number four, Falcons. Zach Wilson. That's, that's, wow. That's the number four, Zach Wilson. So, so listen to this, though. New head coach and offensive coordinator in Atlanta is probably 
going to mean a new franchise quarterback. So I understand why he's going to say, you know, we're going with a quarterback because of this rebuild type thing. I just, him ahead of Fields, that's the thing that kind of surprised me a bit. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it personally. I don't see the frame, the the competition that he played, he showed out on the big stage, and I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, whatever Mel Kiver is thinking, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, you know, projections are projections. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But it's He's all going to come down to what that, yeah. what that head coach and OC believe in. And, you know, could be Fields or Wilson. I think they're both talented guys, but I obviously think that Fields is just a way better, um, how do you say this? Um, not a good question. Not application, but... Resume. Yes, yeah, resume me. is the word. Resume so, is a good word. Yeah. He's just definitely just got a way better resume. Played in the Big Ten, won the Big Ten championship. How many times? Twice? It's just twice? that. Twice? Yeah, it's just that. I think it's the twice. Ohio State quarterback to the NFL is the bust. It is. Isn't it? It is. It so is. So, BYU, though. BYU. Taysom Hill. Maybe Zach Wilson. Taysom yeah, Hill. that's the thing. I guess. I don't know who else. Zach who else? Wilson, maybe next Taysom Hill. No. no he's he ain't Taysom, Taysom Hill, bro. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill is Taysom Hill. Just different breed. Uh, let's go to number five, Bengals. Another guy who opted out um, of the season, Penny Sewell, who is the offensive tackle from Oregon. Number one rated offensive tackle in the class, right? Okay. So a pretty obvious pick for them. They got to protect Joe Burrow, right? Especially coming off of the injury. Yeah. And their offensive line was terrible this year. It was one of the, the worst points of their team, which was a not great team to begin with. Their offensive exactly. line made it worse. That's a guy who's going to come in and make an immediate impact. I think it's a pretty solid pick. Now, it'll be yeah. interesting to see, because a lot of these teams are not going to be going for offensive linemen. It'll be interesting to see if they trade down and give up that number five spot and still get Sewell. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would seem kind of smart from an outsider's perspective. Maybe it's a little bit too basic, and there's a lot of other things that could go on. But just from me thinking, that might be a good opportunity for them to trade get maybe a little bit more draft stock and then kind of drop their pick a little bit. If someone would be interested in jumping, we'll see. The Lions, maybe. I don't know, though. For who? Maybe. For who? But, I don't know. That's pretty straight up, pretty straightforward pick. I don't Nothing too crazy about that. Number six, Eagles, Jalen Waddell. So there's another wide receiver off the board. Alabama wide receiver. They might get to reunite with Jalen Hurts and help what has been a struggling receiving core in Philly. So I'm trying to think in Philly. Aguilar, right? That's probably been the best of... Who... Who else do we? Yeah, who else do we have there? Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, man, he's still he's still there. I think he was hurt though, right? He was hurt. Him and Alshon Jeffrey, right? Yeah, pretty much. He, they were both. I mean, I think they were both uh, dinged up. I'm season. just thinking of the past, and you just really haven't had a star receiver in Philly in a long time. That's what it seems like. And it's I been mean, even and the, and the last like one was Deshaun miracle Jackson, in the Meadowlands type. Yeah, exactly. And since he's been back, that's been one of the best. Yeah. Agreed. Obviously, when he was early in his career, that was the best receiver. That's the best receiver yeah. that they've had in a long Stud. time. But to say that now that's still one of their best receivers yeah. is insane. So I do I do agree with the receiver pick. I do. Right, there you go. Number seven, we got the Lions. Justin Fields. Hey, this is an interesting one for me. Obviously, now I don't know when this when this draft was released before or after the uh the golf trade went through. Um but yeah. golf's you know, not maybe maybe, maybe not going to be the quarterback of the future for the Lions. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So maybe Fields isn't a bad pick, allowing him to learn him as opposed to kind of being thrown to the fire. Yeah. That might be exactly what he needs because the Lions looks like, it looks like right now they're going to be a win-now team. It's not going to be like Fields going to come in and start. For sure. For sure. So that could be good for him. I think Fields, he could be a good fit for us. I just, you know, there's some question marks, but I think just look at the frame on that dude. Look at the pedigree of play that he's he's done in the past. Like, he checks a lot of the boxes. 
Ninety percent of them. Yeah. I don't mean, I just there's sure there are things that are not perfect about him, or else he'd be number one. He'd be Trevor Lawrence. But yeah. he just has that pedigree to him. And I I, I wouldn't be bad with that pick at all. As the Lions, I think, you know, you either go with that or receiver. One of the yep. two. Depending on what Marvin mm-hmm. Jones does. Yeah, so Marvin Jones rumored to wanting to go to LA with Stafford actually. It came out. Now I don't know how That'd true or not that is. That'd be it crazy. would be unreal. Be crazy. Hopefully we get some great value from it if that does happen. It sounds like we're going to lock up Galladay, so we're going to have a, a weapon out there. We got Quintez Cephas. As a Lions fan, uh, I feel like that's what well. you need. If yeah. you can lock up Galladay, you're in a good place. Yeah, we'll be all right. Place. We'll be all right. So um, number eight, here's a quarterback that I bet you didn't think was going this high. Panthers, Trey Lance. Wow, wow. So this is Mel Kiper because you think here. Um, Kuiper obviously doesn't believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy for the future for Matt Rule in Carolina. Lance is kind of a wild card in this draft class, yeah, obviously, because definitely. You know, he checks all the boxes of a great NFL quarterback, but he's only started 17 games at the college level. And how many of those? In all FCS. Yeah, so how many of those have been FBS opponents? None. So that Teddy Two Gloves might be out of uh, Carolina there. I really yeah. thought he was going to be the dude for that. And they're going to have a squad next year. CMC coming back? Exactly. They were already competitive this year without their best player. And that, that team is that team's up. That team's looking up with Matt Rule, I think. I don't know. I mean, Trey Lance is definitely a good quarterback. I've watched a little bit of his film. Oh, he's a stud. Um, I mean, actually, they played, they played two games this year, When too. we watch film on other quarterbacks in our quarterback room at Northern Michigan University, yeah. we've actually watched film on Trey there Lance. There we go. And yeah, there's a lot of NDSU stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like we resemble their offense a little bit. but The colors. Exactly. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely the colors, the colors. on the jerseys, blah, blah. Yeah. But... You know, he's a dude. Definitely a talented player. Yeah. Um, Panthers, that would be shocking. That'd be really shocking, I think. Um, Bridgewater, I think, is definitely a talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. And did great things for the man. Panthers. Inconsistent. And you know who's their backup? I don't know, actually. P.J. Walker from the Houston Roughnecks in the XFL. I totally forgot about that. Isn't that I, hilarious? He carved up the lines No, he got yards. drafted to the Colts, did he not? Uh, yeah, he got drafted to the Colts. Or no, he might have been an undrafted free agent. But he was with the Colts with because he underneath with Andrew Colts Luck. Andrew Luck, because he was the person that... got cut. Luck was the person that recommended him, right? Correct. I'm pretty sure might've Andrew been. Luck talked very highly about him. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, he did. I'm sure he did. But um, I don't know about if he recommended him or anything. But Yeah, but... I knew it. he was under Luck. You're right. I do remember P.J. Walker being available. Yeah. And he covered the Lions 300 yards when the Panthers played him. Remember that? Unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, That dude. was XFL QB. But um, <laughs> pick number nine, Broncos, Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. So the Broncos for me, I, don't, I feel like you really can't mess up this pick. You can go a lot of different directions with this. They need a lot of pieces in Denver. Um, yeah. But defense is definitely one of them in their linebacker core. I think so. Um, has been really inconsistent. So I think if it's not linebacker, they stick with the defensive side of the ball and they try and fill some holes in that side. But nothing too interesting about this pick. For yeah. Me. I think, you know, your defensive line, besides maybe the – Interior defensive line. Yeah. Pretty stacked. Yeah. When you think about it. And maybe some of their, you know, secondary is pretty decent. I think linebacker is a good pick. I I mean, depending on what they do to the quarterback, I love Drew Locke. Yeah, he's a character, man. Great competitor. You know, I'm not going to get a lot of people to back me up on that. Exactly. He's a character and he's a competitor, but he has not been getting the results that they want. No. And I'll admit that. Yeah. And But I do like him as a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what he does with that. But if not, Michael Parsons, great pick. Yeah. Number 10, last one here, Cowboys. Rashawn Slater, offensive line from Northwestern. And so I, I put down here, at this point, don't even know what the Cowboys need besides a new owner because that seems like the only constant in all <laughs> yeah. of their losses, dude. They need to get him out of there. I don't they need know. to get Jones out of there. And I think 
you know, unfortunately for them, you can't get one of those in the draft. You can't. Nope. You just can't. This is how it is. But uh, their O-line definitely could use Slater. Um, the center, Travis Frederick, retired. Their right and left tackle, along with one of their starting yard guards, were battling injuries. So this yeah. year, along with the fact that Dak was out, with him coming off an injury, they need to protect him. And with all those guys, a lot of inconsistencies at the line, mm-hmm. pretty obvious pick, I think. I don't have any disagreements with them. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. realize their line was going through that. Um, that yeah, like kind of I, I didn't think so. Turnover. I mean, you know, I feel like as long as we've been just really a, this big of a part of, you know, watching football in yeah. general, I feel like we've always known that Cowboys and it's been Cowboys Eagles, I feel like. Yeah. Two best O-lines in, in the league. Yeah, much. Cowboys used to always be that. They used to always be that line. Yeah, pretty really. much. The O-line was just hot. extremely and talented. they would have like, huge dudes on that line, but it's yeah. kind of it's kind of gotten away from that. But um, that's about all we've got for the Mel Kuyper draft. Let's go to that conversation with Devin Sinerius from uh, Avila University. Joining us on today's episode is a senior all-conference punt returner and wide receiver at Avila University in Missouri who competes in the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference at the NAIA level. It's Devin Sinerius. What's going on, Devin? How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Fantastic, man. Stoked to get you on. I love having NAIA guys on just because I know how big of a factor that is, especially in Michigan with the recruiting and everything. And it doesn't, it just doesn't get enough light shine on it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel you. Appreciate, appreciate you for having me on. Of course, dude. It's such a great niche for a lot of guys. Like I thought personally, that's where I thought I was going to end up. Thankfully, um, you know, I, I think I've made the right decision here. I'm at Northern Michigan up in the UP, but um, that was definitely a huge part of the recruiting process. And like I tell everyone, like, you know, you always see the guys on Twitter with your, their top 15. They can go anywhere in the country. But that stuff is just as stressful for dudes who are trying to decide between NAIA and Division three schools. It really is because you, you got to decide where that's where you're going to live for the next however many years. Yeah. And so you're I've coming been in Kansas City for five years and it's been yep. great. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Like, you're coming from Clarkson, Michigan. So I actually live in Clarkson, even though I went to Lake Orion High School. Um, but that's like, that's a hell of a move. So like, was that intimidating coming out of high school? I'm assuming a little bit. Um, a little bit. So the first week I was a little nervous, but, um, yeah. all, I, I made some, made some great friends and, um, ended up making myself feel at home. I just had a gut feeling kind of when I came out here and, um, I stuck with it. That's good. That's good to hear that you, you know, obviously made the right choice there. And now, especially this year, like kids don't get that chance to go on like an official visit. A lot of the time they're doing a lot of things virtually. I know I've worked with our football program here to do some virtual visits for guys. And like for Northern Michigan, especially a lot of guys have this weird stigma about the UP, like, you know, Oh, there's not much going on up there or whatever. But if they don't get the chance to actually come up here and experience it, like that's going to be a totally different, like atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can see on virtual visits and stuff like that, they show, you know, all the great stuff. About the oh, it's school. a highlight reel. Yeah, of course. You know, you don't really get actually a feel for that school or anything. It's just a video and everything, everything looks just great in a video, you know? Oh, dude. Yeah. Trust me. I know. I'm, I'm a video production guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly how it is. But I, I feel so not bad. Even, I'm, I'm, I'm no, glad go I ahead. didn't have to go through this. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I thought here I am thinking, cause I graduated last year, like, Oh, I got my whole football season in my senior year, which was huge for me. Cause I had basically no recruiting attention before that. And now like this class below me, my brother's class, who's graduating Lake Orion this year, he's actually joining me up at Northern next year. So that'll be awesome. But, um, great. his class has just been cheated out of everything. I know he's been in school, like actually physically in school for probably less than a week entirely this year. So, 
just oh dude imagine like online classes for me like in college it's kind of like you kind of got your thing down especially now i'm in my second semester so i'm starting to get the hang of things and for you i'm sure like you're so far along but for like a high school senior for those classes to be online that's got to be such a bore dude oh tough i I feel for him man i feel for him it's unreal but uh what's the the college football scene in missouri outside of the obvious like the big time fbs schools what is that like maybe FCS, D2, NAIA scene like? So it's, it's, it's pretty cool out here because um, in Kansas City, we, we're in, well, I'm on the Missouri side, and we're right on the border of Kansas and Missouri. Okay. And there's, there's um, a D1 school that has basketball and a couple other things. It's called UMKC. Okay. Um, Interesting. They don't have football, though, so like we're kind of technically Kansas City's only football team. That's uh, sweet. Besides the that is sweet. Yeah, I didn't know that. And, I guess uh, I would have yeah. would have thought that they would have definitely had something. But hey, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, lot of Chiefs fans out here. A lot of Chiefs fans out here. That's good, <laughs> dude. That's good. How about the uh, Division Two? I think there's a pretty big D two presence in Missouri, isn't there? There, there's Missouri Western, uh, Northern Missouri, Northwest Missouri. There's a couple other like Missouri D two schools, and I know William Jewell, which is about yep. thirty minutes from from here. Okay. I got you. I know because I asked because Michigan, as I'm, you know, as you know, it's like top to bottom. Big We've NAI. got everything. Yeah, the NAI presence now is huge with the uh, the Wolverine Big. Hoosier Athletic Conference, and then you've got the MIAA D three, the GLIAC. The only thing we're missing is the FCS level, but really we have the MAC, which is that lower level FBS, you know, non Power Five, Group of Five teams. Uh-huh. So it's like the amount of talent that is in Michigan. And not obviously not all those kids are from high schools in Michigan. But, but a lot of them are. Exactly. A lot of them are. And yeah. that's like what Michigan's trying to do now is like it used to be the best players in Michigan went to Michigan. And, you know, I don't know how they just ex- extended Jim Harbaugh for another five years. So I guess we'll see if that happens. But, um, yeah. you know what I mean? But like they're trying to get back to that. They always have these insane recruiting classes. And a lot of those guys do come out of Michigan. So I think it's a super deep and like a super rich football state. I'm assuming Missouri is kind of the same way, I would assume, with all those uh, different schools at different levels. Oh, yeah. So my school, Avila, um, a lot of us, there's, it's mainly out-of-state guys. Is it? Okay. And I totally yeah. just, I realize I just butchered that it's Avila, not Avila. I totally mm, it, It's that. actually pronounced Avila. Yeah, I it is Avila. say the same thing. Okay, <laughs> so well, like, uh, okay, you make me feel a little better, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Oh, dude, that's funny. But um, tough night for you guys, though, uh, Sunday, huh? Oh, At least maybe yeah. maybe yeah. not you as much, but those those local guys, that, you know, whatever local guys you have on that squad. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely, because Chiefs fans are, are diehard Chiefs fans. Those yeah, aren't just gonna, you know, especially right now. Why wouldn't fans. you be? Uh-huh, and so it, I, w- I was rooting for him, but um, I, I wasn't rooting for him too hard. I wanted to see. I want to see Brady get a seven. Well, there you go. You got it, dude. Him and Gronk with the connection, and like the stat that just resonated with me was the fact that all those guys that scored for the Bucks were not even on the Buccaneers roster a year ago. You know what I mean? Crazy. That is absolutely nuts. And then there's the conversation: How can you even still have this conversation of like Belichick or Tom? Like dudes weren't going to play for Belichick; they were going to play yeah. with Tom. I mean, I hope would you exactly. agree with that? Like. Absolutely. I, I just think that conversation, they need to get over that at this point. I think that's over with. It's done for. But I guess that pushes the needle on the shows. And I, I don't, I'm not really 100% sure. But in my opinion, that stuff should be long gone. 
Uh, but um, back to the NAI scene a little bit. I know a lot of NAI schools, not maybe not a lot, but some of the ones around here that I had some interest in coming out of high school, they kind of follow, uh, I guess what would kind of call it like a Division three model where they bring in a large signing class almost every year because they're just trying to uh, really fill beds for the university. A lot of these schools aren't as large as some of the Division two and Division one counterparts, of course. How yeah. many guys do you know on average does Avila? There you go. How many guys does Avila take in uh, per year about? So usually there's probably about, we get a, probably between 30 to 60 guys that come oh, in, yeah. new guys. That's a good amount. Like, Ooh. yeah, it's gone up every year. Every year it's been going up. But you already know uh, a lot of guys come in and think college football is going to be something different than what oh, they yeah. expected. They're not ready. So, you know, you get a handful of guys that also drop off within the first couple of weeks as well. Yeah, I was about to ask, so how, how you know, early on do you see that weeding out process, I kind of want to call it, because like you said, dudes have a very different perception of what college football oh, might be as opposed to what it really is. I've, I've seen first day. No, I'm serious, man. Like, some kids get, really get intimidated, and they're just like, yeah, this isn't what I expected. Man. And it could be because some, some guys maybe don't visit. Yep. and don't see school because yep. they're out of state, a lot of out-of-state guys. So, But you, you, you've seen it. I've seen it all. <laughs> That's unreal, dude. It, it's a grind. You know the grind. You know the college Oh, yeah, grind. bro. We had 6 a.m. running this morning. Dude, if we didn't I'm, have – I mean, I don't know how familiar you are. We got a dome up here, and it, it is yeah, – Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And so it was – the other night it was negative 20 with wind chill. Um, and it's like, yeah, you're telling me how cold it was in Missouri. So hear me out real quick. Um, but if we didn't have that dome, dude, I don't know what we would be like. We would just be running in some gym at some point because you cannot have dudes out there. One of my buddies got minor yep. frostbite the other day. We were out like taking pictures or something, just like on a hike. Like this stuff is unreal up here. That's crazy. I know it, but, um, you're Maybe. right, dude. It's, it's, we've, actually, we've actually been in the gym, <laughs> running yeah. in the gym. It's there you go. There you go. Literally zero to zero to like ten degrees and it's too cold. That's unreal, man. And right now our turf um, isn't down either. They have it. I think they have it rolled up for because like tracks in there and stuff. So it kind of sucks. Uh-huh. We're basically running in a gym. Um, but usually we have that turf down. We definitely are in need of uh, some new turf. Yeah. But um, that's that's a totally different conversation. Um, <laughs> I was I was doing a little reading on you, and it sounds like you're a guy that has some aspirations to potentially coach after you're done playing. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's definitely, definitely something that I've thought about and okay. think I want to do. I got you. What are, what's the, uh, the degree path or like the career path right now? What are you studying? Right now I have, edu- I'm about to graduate in May with an educational studies degree. Well, congrats. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I, I would, I'm hoping to, uh, go and get my master's and I'm thinking about playing another year. Yeah. No, yeah, I, you see that a lot with the guys up here because they get that that extra year of uh, like COVID eligibility, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm pr- playing my season right now, and I'm gonna see how uh, see what happens and figure it out after I graduate. Yeah, that's awesome. So, do you guys have saw a season or any type of competition going on in the spring? Is that what it sounded like? Yeah, we actually have, we actually have four games left in no this. No shit, uh, I didn't know that. Spring. We we played six games in the fall and we're five and one right now. We're actually on a five game win streak. No way! So you just you win five in a row and then all of a sudden you go off for a couple months and you just got to pick it right yep. back up. Yep. In the last two <laughs> games, they were fifty nine to nothing and fifty one to nothing. Oh my play. gosh, dude! The boys were rolling, <laughs> and then they just had to pull the plug. 
Uh, yeah, it, that was already kind of planned. The end of the season, we had one more game planned, but COVID COVID took it away. Okay. And then, uh, so we've got our first game is going to be March thirteenth, and we've we've got four of them. And if if we win out, we could possibly make the playoffs. For, that's that's uh, what I was about to ask. So, like the playoff picture, then with that type of, uh, I guess the word would be an abbreviated season, that's still going to be intact and kind of run as normal. Yeah, that's that's what it. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, that's, that's good. Now, you guys, that's great. That's great, bro. That should be the goal, especially if you guys are rolling like you said, dude. Um, yeah, have you guys, is that a program that's been in the playoff in any recent years since you've been there or no? We've, we've never been in the playoffs. Oh, man. So okay, so this is big time. So my, my freshman year, I came in and um, I played a little bit. I didn't play in the first four games. They, I was, they thought they wanted to redshirt me, and then I ended up playing a little bit. That's to be expected, and, though. Um, yeah. I played a little bit, but... We ended up going 0 and 11. Oh my gosh! Over like 0 and 11, and then the um, next year we we got a new coach and we went 3 and 8. So it was a little bit better. I yep. actually uh, had knee surgery and and got a medical red shirt. Man, uh, that year I played two games. Okay. Two games and, and got a medical red shirt. Got the eligibility back. Okay. Uh huh. And then um the next year we went seven and three and last year we went seven and three and the, which are both the uh that's the uh, records in school history that's awesome now it's just oh. taking that last step huh oh yeah just that's awesome trying to make dude. the playoffs and bring back a championship that is awesome dude I, I really hope that uh you guys can make that happen that says a lot about um, your class then, right? Coming in at zero and eleven, obviously the coaching change. I'm sure it was huge. You have the same. Oh, yeah. You have the same head coach now that you did in that second year. Um, no, we actually have he. We have a different guy. His name is uh, Marcel Hidas. He okay. He's actually graduated from Avila, and he was always on the coaching staff since I've been here. Sweet. And he got bumped up to the uh, head coaching role the first year we went seven and three. So. Um, Man. He's also been a big, big factor in turning the program around as well. Yeah, like it didn't, it didn't uh, take a step back, I guess. Right when he took the, when he took the reins, because he's been there, he's been around the program. I talked to uh, uh, Coach Bearer from Albion College actually earlier, and he had been a guy who'd been on the staff at Albion for ten years, and now he's the head oh, coach. Wow. Um, and obviously, I've like good, that's I've heard good things about him. What's that? I said I've heard, I've heard good things about him. Yeah, uh, no, he's an awesome guy, and he. Um, you know, him and I had a great relationship throughout the recruiting process. I just, obviously I didn't end up going to Albion, but those guys were so genuine. And that's the toughest thing about a lot of these schools is like the dudes, the coaches are so genuine. You get that feel right on your visit and you know, like you would fit in there with the guys, but it's just like some other things might not fall into place for me. It was a lot of things on the academic side, what I want to do. Um, they didn't really have that fit me, which kind of sucked, but it's just, you know, like you said earlier, like you're going to live at this place. You better, you know, know that this is the right spot for you. Absolutely, and that's what I made sure of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that, dude. That's awesome. Um, back to you potentially uh, coaching a little bit. That is after maybe you get your master's or whatever, After obviously after you're done playing. Is there any specific level, specific school that you would want to end up at, or is it just kind of take it as it comes, like one step at a time? Uh, I'm just going to take it one step at a time. Yeah. One step at a time, yeah. And I've talked to coaches yeah, in the past that, out. like, it's kind of interesting. They've said – um, you know, a lot of coaches obviously have the aspiration to be a head coach or an offensive or defensive coordinator, but we've had a couple guys on. I know I had a defensive line coach from a junior college in, uh, I think actually it was, it might've been in Missouri. Uh, is it Ellsworth, Ellsworth community college? Is that in Missouri? Oh, that's in Kansas. Yeah. That's in Kansas. Okay. It's Kansas. Okay. My bad. My bad. Juco's um, big in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know he's that. 
in the Kansas country. Like that's where um, I think it was Indy. Yeah. Really? So Indy, oh, that's like did you watch Last Chance? Yeah, U? of course. So that's Dream U, right? Uh, yeah, Indy somewhere in Kansas, I believe. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds right. That sounds independent mm-hmm. independence or whatever. But um, we actually just had a kid. Um, I say we, but like OAA Red, like, like the you know from the league uh, uh-huh. back in Michigan, a kid from West Bloomfield, I think, just committed to go play at India, the JUCO level. Oh wow! Like imagine, even like a couple of years ago, I mean, obviously, last chance you had a big part to do with a lot of that, but like a lot of kids are realizing if you don't have, maybe it's the grades, maybe it's something to go play D one, and you have the talent to do so. Like JUCO is becoming a huge option for a lot of these kids. I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I think so too. I actually didn't know what JUCO. I, I really didn't know what JUCOs were until I came here. And then seriously, uh, a bunch of guys were like, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. A bunch of guys were like, yeah, I went to a JUCO. Man. I had no clue what JUCOs were. And, well, the Michigan, the Michigan JUCO presence is nothing because we used to have, um, was it like Grand Rapids Community College, I believe. Right, that was an older one. I'm not. I mean, obviously before, like art. It was before like our time for sure. But I'm pretty sure they had that was that was in Michigan, obviously in Grand Rapids. But then that kind of dissolved, and now the JUCO presence in Michigan is like nothing. I don't think. I don't think we really have any type of JUCO, at least football presence. So that's. I, I don't think so either. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I know, like, for National Signing Day, like usually you just see all these high school guys. They've got a whole thing dedicated to like guys coming out of JUCO now. Like that is a huge move for guys. I know Texas A and M got like the top rated JUCO product. It was a defensive tackle, and like that was huge news because these dudes are fully developed. They've got two more years under their belt than a lot of these high schoolers. Oh like, yeah, that's that is an unreal. I don't I guess advantage. Like I don't really know if there's any other word for it because you know there's no red shirt in those guys, right? Yeah, exactly. Those are the guys that come in and uh, you know make a an impact like almost immediately um yeah. oh i got another thing for you here what was your reaction to the announcement of the uh ncaa football coming back oh man absolutely. oh i'm i'm stoked for it man pretty sweet absolutely. you already absolutely. know that every marketing team at every university is is just scrambling to photoshop one of their players onto the cover right now oh absolutely <laughs> and why wouldn't you <laughs> Problem is I don't have a PS5 yet. And it, uh, it's yeah, like the next gen consoles, right? That's only where it's yeah. going to be at. Oh, uh, dude. So that's that's also forcing everybody to get get the new console. I know it, and it was kind of funny. Um, before they announced that, I was just thinking like I had this. We always just have these like conversations with our buddies up here, and I was like, if there was some like game developer who is trying to kind of make an impact, and obviously you're not going to go out and make a nationwide hit overnight with a lot of like video game things. But like if there was a guy in Michigan or something and they wanted to do something like that, this is before like EA had come out or whatever. I was like, if you made a little GLIAC football thing, like, yeah, it'd be a small niche audience. But like, if you're making it and it's not a big cost thing, like that's something that I think dudes would eat that up. You imagine playing as yourself in a video game like that. Oh man, that'd be crazy. (laughs) Right. That'd be unreal. Guys would definitely eat that up. So I don't know. Hundreds of guys. Yeah, like hundreds per team, like everybody on exactly, the team. Exactly, dude. <laughs> exactly. Know? Dudes are still playing the old NCAA. Yeah, for real on the old Xbox. So I don't. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be awesome. But uh, who? I guess who would have been your cover athlete for the last couple of years if that game stuck around? If that game stuck around, the last like coming in, who's gonna be on the new one, or who would be? I, I'd uh, say. Like that? Oh, coming. That's a good one too. I, I wasn't thinking about that. I guess yeah. Looking forward, who do you think? Who do you think will be on there? I think they'll put uh, who just won it again. Who won it? Alabama. Alabama. I yeah. think they'll put uh, Devontae Smith on it. 
Devontae. Man, I'd like to see him in a Lions jersey, bro. I don't think he'll make it that far in the draft, but, I mean, I can dream, right? I can dream a little bit. Dude, he is incredible. And, like, people are making the little comparisons to, like, a Kevin Durant. Like, dude just looks like a string (laughs) cheese, dude. Like, he's got nothing going on. He's, like, 170 pounds or something. But he is so And he goes to Alabama. Yeah. So it's not like he doesn't lift and eat. Absolutely I know great food, you know, I know so, it. And like, you think they would just type. put muscle on that dude. And obviously it's all muscle. Like his body fat percentage is like, got to be close to zero. But when you look at a dude like that, that's like, I think a lot of the, the draft skeptics, if there are any of him after that, those last couple of games that he had, which were phenomenal, but like his ability to make it throughout a whole season, you know what I mean? Like the NFL level, when you're yeah. playing 16 games or 17 games and, um, you got to make it through all those games. Like it doesn't matter how you're performing. If you can't stay healthy, you're going to be a liability for your team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talk about you coming back from that, uh, that knee surgery. What was that like coming back after something like that? How long were you out? Um, so I actually, I tore my MCL. It was okay. a grade three MCL tear. So it wasn't like the whole knee, like okay. ACL. I got Thank you. God. Like, yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was more like tough mentally than it was physically, to be honest. I believe it's it, going through, Yeah, the rehab process, it's, it's bad, you know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tougher mentally than physically, but that's, it's like I didn't even have it. I don't, I don't even. Let's <laughs> go, dude. That's like awesome. I surgery or anything, so. That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. Well, Devin, I know you got uh, meetings to get to. I know you told me, but can't tell you enough. I appreciate you coming on, man. This has been great. Hey, I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. Of course, boss. I'll be following you, and uh, good luck. Keep those boys rolling down there. Yes, yeah, sir. I appreciate it. All right. See you, buddy. All right. Have a good one. Be safe. See ya. Good talking with Devin. I know you weren't here for that, but a uh, pretty good dude from Clarkston, Michigan, local guy out in Kansas City. It's always good to talk to him. Making big guy. things happen. He's going to go get his master's. He's graduating in May. Um, going to get his master's education, potentially going into coaching. So got some big things ahead for the dude. For sure. Big things ahead. For they sure. might. They're uh, So they, there's a funny thing with them is he was saying that they played uh, five, no, six games in the fall. So they're like five and one right now. They're on a five-game winning streak. Their last two games, they won by a combined score of like 100 to nothing. And then they just had to stop. Yeah. Now they're playing games in the spring, and they got a chance to go to the playoffs for the first time in like forever. A long time, yeah. Or if ever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when he came in, they were 0-11. We talked about all of that. So it's like total turnaround from the program, two different head coaches, um, and now they're in a really good spot to win. Mm-hmm. So let's stick in the college football realm, though. The push to pay college athletes. Well, Not really directly pay college athletes, but a new proposed federal bill introduced Thursday of last week would make it illegal for the NCAA or other college sports associations, NAIA, to place any restrictions on the type or size of endorsement deals that college athletes could sign in the future. Huge. Huge. And it's very simple wording, too. I love it. You don't have to keep it very complex. Like, it's basic. NCAA, NAIA, whoever the F you are, you can't get your hands in on this. Yeah. There's no part of this that involves you, nor should it. So if somebody's going to do that and build their brand and be their ambassador of their own brand, you can't touch that, and you shouldn't be able to. I don't think you should. No, agreed. And, you know, is uh, what's a good one here? Is uh, Old Spice going to come knocking at my dorm door? Probably not. But if they do, I sure don't want Northern <laughs> Michigan wanting a little bit of piece of the pie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd imagine that at the, at the biggest level. Like, these guys definitely have opportunities to do stuff like that. For sure. FBS has got the best, yeah. you know. They it's a marketable a game, dude, and there's a lot of marketable they guys. They got a chance to make some good money, whether Household they go to the games, NFL man. or not, so, save all that money up. Like you said, the rule really only affects the 1% of athletes, guys who are already household names, are already going to make a payday when they go pro. 
So like, why wait? Why delay it? Exactly. Let him get the bag right now. <laughs> let him get to the bag right now. Let him don't get to the bag. Don't hold it back from him. Yeah, exactly. Don't hold it back from him. Just let him get to it right now, and just uh, you know, they're pretty much already. I mean, dude, you think about it, NCAA. They already know what's going on. Yeah. They already know. McDonald's bags. They're happy already meals. Get, we talked about it. Exactly. Yeah. You think this hasn't been going on for decades? <laughs> oh, no, it has. Are you kidding me? And it's not just football. Exactly. They know. Basketball I'm sure they're probably just, for it. Exactly. That Louisville used to be probably. really bad with it. Like, but they're, Louisville used to be insane with it. Yeah. But they were just flaunting that shit. Pretty much. They really were. So that was the funny part about that. But uh, a, a really important thing about this, this is also the first bill to be presented in Congress that doesn't allow any governing body to regulate the type of product that is endorsed by the athlete. So they can't say, okay, yeah, you can do endorsements, but only if it's like, you know, you can only do like food endorsements. You can't you can't promote anything like this, this, or this. They have freedom. If this is, you know, this obviously has not been passed or anything. It's been proposed. But even if it's gotten to this stage, there are obviously supporters yeah. of this. There's advocates for this. So for them to say, you can't get your hands in on here and determine what or when they can endorse, you know, whatever they want, total freedom. So that's really encouraging, and that might take a step back if this is actually going to get passed. You know, if you're going to get people on board, yeah. we'll see. But from the start, that's pretty encouraging, I feel like, for them to be able to do that for those guys. Um, on top of all this, the bill also proposed that athletes could not be stopped from organizing under a collective licensing agreement. I had to do a little reading on this because I didn't really know what that meant at first. I am glad you did because yeah. I did not. <laughs> this could mean anything from basically jersey sales to video game deals like NCAA, which just happens to be resurrected around the same right time. There's now. no way that's a coincidence that this bill is coming out now after the surge of excitement of NCAA being, being resurrected. Like No way. 100% you're going to get caught up in that, and that's, like, going to be a huge factor, I think, for this being pushed through is the jersey sales I'm and curious. all that. I'm very curious because this, curious. in a couple months, I think, that's going to be maybe four or five months. I think we're going to see some big changes. Pretty much. I think so. I really hope so. And so this, in this industry, college football, worth billions of dollars. Why aren't the ones at the top compensated for making it such a success, Zach? That's what I'm going to leave you with for today. It's food for thought. It is, to and, be honest. And, and it really, you know, people say like, oh, they're college kids. They got scholarship. Man. But it's like their net worth to the university is unreal. Like when you look at it, like exactly. guys like LeBron James and their net worth. And it, it sounds stupid. It sounds really stupid. LeBron James is underpaid for the worth. And it sounds dumb because, yeah, he's making so much money. But how much revenue and money that he pulls in for the organization, for the NBA, for the sport and the brand, he's no. technically underpaid. Me personally, I don't think you're anywhere far from, you know, I do, I do think in total LeBron is underpaid as hell. Yeah, and I think, but he's making a hell of bank lifetime deal with you, Nike. You I can't mean, take oh, anything away from Mahomes, Brady, yeah, LeBron, dudes, Curry, like dudes of their sport, any of them, yeah, any of them. They're they're bringing in so much revenue from the fans of them, the sport, no matter what it is. What's funny, their though, image of likeness yeah. is bringing in so much revenue, and they're not, when you think about it, when you actually think about it, they're not getting paid nearly a fraction of the revenue that they would have been uh -huh. if it's strictly based off of yeah. their image of likeness. Yeah. But go ahead. The funny thing about that is out of those four examples, LeBron was really the only notorious one coming out of, like, you didn't even go to college. He's been the yeah. guy in the spotlight the whole time. Think about Curry, Davidson. He wasn't yeah. a dude before he got in the NBA. Hell no. Tom Brady out of Michigan. He wasn't Six a round. dude. What, 199, right? Or 197 or something like that. 
right? Mahomes, 10th pick, but still, yeah, nobody but still, was really thinking about he it. He wasn't, oh, Super Bowl champ, young goat, all this stuff. So nobody was, funny. Definitely so, nobody was thinking about Exactly. Young the goat. three of them were really not have profited that much off of this. Not really. Which not. is kind of funny, but now they are. So it'll be interesting to see. And we have a lot of guys that are go first round that become busts. So let them get the money oh, now before they get. I feel like 90% almost. That's a high number, but I don't know. I don't have any stats to back that up. But I feel like it's pretty damn close. It probably is, dude. It probably is. And that's I mean, when you think sports. about it, just just <laughs> the regular number of 90, just, you know, in general. Yeah. You know, the, the, back, <laughs> the backfield group chat is going crazy right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's Shout out to JT. That's, that's all we've got for today. It's been a good one. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Like I said uh, in the beginning of the episode, follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects, at Instagram at Division One rejects. Catch the highlights from our guests from each week and tell your friends about us. Please, really do. We're uh, trying to grow this audience and really appreciate you listening. If you made it to the end, you're a real one. Have a great week and enjoy some. Oh, no, we can't say enjoy some football. Football's over. Whoops. Uh, have a great weekend and wish me luck to find some more storylines for next week. <laughs> See ya. Pretty much.